0: Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the one 106th of a second photography podcast. Wow. Episode six. We are here quite a milestone. And in this episode, I'm going to be looking back at some of my photography purchases, and I thought it'd be really good to look back at the first five or six, maybe seven photography purchases I made from Amazon because you can still go back and check your history even that far back. I wasn't always into photography and this isn't going to be a hard and certain top five. There's going to be some a bit of licensing in it. So I'm going to go back to 2010 and in 2010. I bought a Waco Bamboo Pen graphics tablet and I use this all the time. I'm not actually sure whether I got this strictly for photography. I might well have got this more for just doing stuff for my video work at the time, because I did do I got into photography through doing video work, so I'm quite convinced with this. While I do use it all the time for photography, I'm quite convinced I got this for video and that would be designing sort of banners and things in Photoshop. While I was quite good with a mouse in the photo in Photoshop, nothing beats using a pen. I use it all the time, but I'm not convinced that was my first real photographic purchase from Amazon so in 2011 i bought two accessories for the canon 550d i bought a battery grip that came with two lp e8 batteries and it really wasn't very much and it was certainly a third party accessory because it wasn't an official canon one and the batteries are not official canon ones but I think that's probably one of the first accessories people are going to get for their camera so my first real camera was the eos 550d that was my serious camera when, when i got into photography and again i bought it really for doing video work but it's such a good stills camera that it enabled me to get into doing photography so here i might be thinking oh well maybe i bought it for the video aspect but no i didn't you only buy grip if you if you shoot a lot of things in portrait orientation. There are other advantages to having a grip. So with this grip I can use AA batteries to power my camera because it came with an AA battery thing and you can double up on the number of batteries you use. Although let's face it Having two in your camera as opposed to one in your camera, one in your pocket hardly makes any difference. So I'm quite convinced this was bought for doing portrait photography. The other accessory I got at the same time was an LCD timer, which you plug into. So I mean, that that makes it sound like something you put in a kitchen, doesn't it? When you're monitoring how long you're cooking your turkey for. It was an LCD timer remote cable. You plug it into the side of your camera and it allows you to do interval shooting, basically. So I quite like doing my time lapses then at that stage. So again, not really photography based. It did enable me to fire the shutter for a single image without having to touch the body. But again, I think this is probably more of a a video centric purchase. So battery grip, definitely a photography purchase. And do I still use the battery grip on occasions? I've got a battery grip for my 5D and I do use that quite a lot just because I'm always shooting in portrait orientation for that and it's much more useful. The battery, the spare batteries I'm still using today. So for the Canon 550D, I still use those two spare batteries and I still use the one that came with the camera. So I'm still using my Canon 550D and I'm still using some of the accessories I got for it. The next one I got and again, Maybe this was for video, not for photography. Manfrotto self standing monopod. I also bought a quick release head to go with that, and that was a Manfrotto as well. So I'm going to group those together as one purchase because I bought them at the same time. So it's a monopod, and at the bottom, you can unscrew some legs for it to stand. Probably that was for video work, and I still use that for video work. I still use that to mount my camera. The problem with mounting a camera on a tripod is it takes up a lot of floor space. For the sort of video stuff I do, I need to be quite close to the camera. It's normally pointing down. So I don't want something that takes up a lot of floor space. So that maybe is a video purchase. So we've had the the Waco tablet, the battery grip and the LCD timer and the monopod. Only one of those things I would say was solely a photography purchase so like i said at the start i'm going to be quite loose with this top five because it's probably i might not count each one as an integer value i might count one as 0.3 who knows anyway next is the sony dschx 9vb cybershot stills camera this was a small camera and it it was it was really good i really liked it. It had a lot of auto modes. I don't think it didn't do raw shooting. It did JPEGs, but it did things like really natural HDR. It had really good video. It was my first real compact camera that I started taking everywhere with me. It just did a good job. It had manual modes and it was a really good camera. And I used it a lot. I used it an awful lot. I've sold it now, but It was certainly a camera I used a lot. The only lacking ability was it didn't shoot raw images, but it's 16.2 megapixels, 16 zoom. Just it was just a really good performer. It had a nice little flash. It was good in low light. Yeah, it was a really good camera and I really enjoyed it. Next thing is a camera strap, a low pro camera strap, which I can't remember ever using. So it was a camera strap and that would be solely for photography because I wouldn't use a camera strap for video, it gets in the way. It's either on a tripod or it's either in in my hand. But generally my video work is is on a tripod. So this was solely for photography and I can't even remember what's happened to it, which goes to show what happens that purchase. So in terms of camera straps, I, I have a black have a black rapid, which I'm not very keen on because my 5D fell off while using it and cracked. So I'm not massively keen on that, but I also have a Peak Design strap and all my cameras have Peak Design clips on. So the Peak Design camera strap is interchangeable with my cameras, and that's the one that gets used all the time. I have no idea where this low pro Speedster to camera strap went. The next purchase I made, according to Amazon, and it's probably a good point to mention at this stage, I did buy things from eBay. I did buy things from my local camera store. I didn't exclusively buy everything from Amazon, but as time has gone by, more of my purchases have been made from Amazon. So this isn't a sort of history of all of my photographic purchases and considerations. It's only that I'm only focusing on the ones from Amazon. The so next thing is an iFi card. They made SD cards that had Wi-Fi in them. So this was at a time when cameras did not come with Wi-Fi, but you could wirelessly connect to your images via the card. And you could use phones and tablets and stuff to connect your images. You could even connect with um, PCs and and things, but it was a little bit more fiddly. It was really designed for mobile devices. So that was good because at the time I still have the iPad. I have an iPad and it enabled me using a program called Shutter Snitch to shoot raw and JPEG with my 550D, fire the small JPEG over to the iPad so I could monitor what I was doing and I set it up so that people who I was photographing could see what was coming out of my camera and that was quite good because at the time I was doing quite bespoke and specialist shoots for certain people. The problem I had with the iFi card was it didn't work for video so they advertise it as it would work for video. The video files are too big to transfer over Wi-Fi, it just didn't work for video. The other the main problem I had with it was I put it in a in an incompatible camera and I formatted it and it didn't work after that. But by that point, I, I wasn't doing those bespoke photography assignments and I wasn't using it as much then. So I'm not saying I formatted it deliberately. It it happens, but it wasn't the end of the world. Yes, I ruined my own card and it was quite good using the iFi card. And you could do some really good things like you could have bottomless memory. That's not a term that their marketing department used, but you could have it so that when you took an image, it sent off to the cloud. So conceivably, you never ran out of memory. If you were hooked up to an internet-enabled device, then conceivably, you could never run out of memory. And you could have backups, but their software and their web interface was really clunky hi-fi. Later, I think they got bought out by someone. And I think they sort of, they didn't quite cease trading, but they either got bought out or they stopped trading or something. And they put out the sort of final update to their app. And it made it so much better at the end of the product's lifecycle, which was really surprising. But sort of all those features you'd want in that type of card came out right when it wasn't being going to be supported by the company itself. And later I bought a Toshiba wireless card, which did exactly the same thing. But because iFi has sort of been and gone, that was remarkably cheaper. So I think maybe I paid 60 or 70 pounds for the i card um i don't actually have the price in front of me interestingly so this is just from memory i think i paid 60 70 pounds for it later i think my Toshiba one which had more memory was about 30 pounds and the Toshiba one was really good another thing to know with these cards is they obviously drain your camera's battery life because they are drawing more energy so the battery isn't going to last as long as you would think it would but they're still good and if you've got an old camera that's no wi-fi capabilities they're a good option someone got in contact with me a long time ago and they asked if i knew about tethering and i did some work with them to do with lightroom they did some tethering and they were really keen on using iFi cards so they wanted to be able to take an image and it go to lightroom without cables because they they thought cables got in the way and i worked with them on this and i sort of I suppose I was a consultant, an iFi tethering consultant, because I had more knowledge about this than they did. I'd already sort of worked with it and experimented with it. I was quite knowledgeable with it. And it just it just wouldn't work firing raw images to Lightroom. Well, it's not that it wouldn't work. It just took so long. So in the end, I sort of of said I wouldn't I would just hook up a, a USB cable into Lightroom and I I showed the person how to do that. And in the end, I, I worked with them again and, and they just used standard SD cards and, and did SD card swapping. So I sort of worked with them as an assistant and they would take an image, take some images, give me the SD card, I'd give them the blank one. I'd do the Lightroom stuff because they were doing the sort of live event. So yeah, all very interesting times. That iFi purchase was quite interesting because it led on to a couple of things for me. But this is a really interesting one. So I have a Canon 85mm f1.8 lens, which I use quite a lot. I can't remember whether it's in my top five lenses episode or not, but I bought it way back in 2011 and I was thinking, did I buy it then? My Amazon sort of account says I did buy it in 2011 and I paid £300 for it, which is pretty good for the lens. I thought, oh, I, I can't. Did I really buy it then? I thought I bought it used and I remembered when I was compiling this, that I did buy it and I bought it for the Canon 550D due to having quite a large minimum focusing distance, I didn't get on with it on an APS-C body because of the crop factor. It just became a very long telephoto lens and it was probably too long for me. So I used it for a bit and things. and, And in the end, I sold it and I sold it for pretty much what I paid for it or a little bit more i said i know i certainly didn't lose any money on that sale and then i bought it again used a couple of years later when i had the 5d i bought it for i think under 150 pounds what do those purchases tell me well those purchases are at the very start of my sort of photographic journey and they're more about me experimenting with things and trying things out some of those things i've sold some of those things i have no memory of I'm quite convinced they wouldn't have been a present for people. I'm quite convinced I would have bought them for myself, but I have no memory of them and Some things have become obsolete as sort of time has moved on. Some things I've completely ruined myself, like the iFi card and some things I have sort of upgraded as I've gone along when I bought the HX9VB. Really, I wanted an RX100, but such a product didn't exist at the time. I wanted to be able to shoot raw, have a bit of zoom, small camera. I can fit in my pocket, do a bit of video, that type of thing. And certainly I'm not even sure I had a smartphone in 2010 in 2011. So of those purchases, which one has been the best? I think in terms of bang for buck, it's got a, the Wacom Bamboo Pen graphics tablet that was under £50. I'm still using it today. I'm not I'm not even gone through all those little nibs that you get with it. I use it in Lightroom, I use it in Photoshop. Lightroom is really good for when you're using brushes or you want to do a local adjustment. It's really good for that. And that's probably of these purchases i talked about. The best purchase, certainly the battery grip. What a good purchase for the price I paid. That was good, but I don't use that all the time. It's only locked to one camera. The bamboo tablet I use for all my cameras. Really, I use it on all my editing. I'm left handed, but I use a mouse in my right hand because when you sit at a computer, it's always on the right hand side. So that's what I'm used to. I use the mouse and the pen on the tablet at the same time for different things and it really speeds up my workflow i think while i'm still using some of those things the wacom bamboo graphics tablet is my winner of those first five purchases it's really quite good to go back and sort of review your purchases and, and things you forget things of course new things come along things get upgraded things get replaced things get sold but it was quite an interesting thing to go back and look at my amazon purchases and if you purchase a lot from Amazon I encourage you to do that as well it's really quite interesting thank you for listening to me drone on about things I purchase from Amazon and if I have them or do not have them I hope you found it interesting don't forget to look on Twitter and the Twitter for this show is at 160 podcast. so do follow me on Twitter thank you goodbye